You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Good morning again. I am Sheila. Uh, and it's fun to be here with everybody today in this um, Advent season and Christmas just around the corner. Um, a few weeks ago, it was American Thanksgiving, and our, we have kids living in the U.S., so my tradition is to go to Nashville and spend American Thanksgiving with my daughter. And uh, so one of the things we do in the Thompson household is we build a lot of jigsaw puzzles. So Catherine and I did built a couple of puzzles, and of course we put Christmas music in the background, right? Streaming Christmas music. Does anybody have a Christmas playlist on Spotify right now? Or um, actually, if you ever if you came into our living room, okay, this is really old school, but we had this really old multi. Uh, disc CD player. We only use it at Christmas and it is loaded with Christmas CDs from... It holds 100 CDs, but we don't have 100 Christmas CDs yet. Um, But, you know, for everybody from Celine Dion and Michael Buble and so, um, you know, on and on it goes and when you're in the malls. and Well, one of the things I realized with Catherine and I had this music going on all day as you're building a thousand piece puzzle is how many Christmas songs are sad. Uh, not last Christmas I gave you my heart and the very next day. Not that kind of sad. Now I got it stuck in your head. You're welcome. You'll be singing it all day. But how about Elvis from 1964? I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue thinking about you. Decorations of red on the tree of green. It'll, but I'll be so blue without you. Or, um, Bing Crosby from the 1940s. I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where this um, love lights gleam. I'll be home for Christmas only in my dreams. You know, that was a, that was 80 years ago, 1943, when that song was released. And why was it powerful in the time? Because it was in the depths of World War II, and it was written from the position of a soldier who was not going to be home with his family. And it touched the hearts of soldiers and civilians alike. A sad, but to this day, beautiful Christmas song. Uh, Let's see. Oh, a a blues song. Do you know... um, Please come home for Christmas. Bells will be ringing. This sad, sad news. Oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. My baby's gone. I have no friends um, to wish me Christmas once again. And then he goes on and talks about choirs will be singing Silent Night and carols by candlelight. And all this is going to be going on, but I'm having the blues because my baby's not here. Um, I have one more for you. Uh, last year, my oldest son sent me the original words to have yourself a merry little Christmas. So I'm going to put up on the screen the current words of have yourself a merry little Christmas, and you're going to follow along. Okay? These are what we sing now. Now I'm going to give you the 1940s words. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. (laughs) Next year, we may all be living in the past. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Pop the champagne cork. Next year, we may all be living in New York. No good days like the olden days. Happy golden days of yours, of your faithful friends who were dear to us will be near to us no more. (laughs) 
through the years we all will be together, if the Lord allows. But from now, from now on, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. I was written in 1943 for the movie uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Judy Garland, the famous actress, she was supposed to sing that. She said, I can't sing that. It's way too depressing. Yeah, um, it may be your last. So this brings me to my favorite Advent word. When we were talking, Bert and Rich and I, about what we were going to talk about this year at Advent, we thought each one of us will, will speak about something that means something to us. And, you know, one of the things Rich said, like, what, what, what do you think of when you think of Advent? Well, when I think of Advent, I think of the word Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Because the meaning of that word Emmanuel and what we remember as we're coming into Christmas, as we're anticipating, celebrating the entrance of God into the world, that God is with us. But what about the years? Maybe this is one for you when heading into the Christmas season. You know, we may sing it's the most wonderful time of the year, but sometimes we don't always feel it. Sometimes there's a joy, and yet maybe there's some sorrow and darkness. Maybe you've lost somebody this year, or even last year, maybe a, a parent, a grandparent. Uh, maybe it's your first Christmas away from home, wherever home may be. Or maybe it's your 20th, and you still feel that longing for people who are far away, and you remember the years when you got to eat dinner together and, and celebrate. Yeah, there's Skype and Zoom, but man, there's nothing like being present with people that you love. Maybe you had a broken relationship this year. Maybe you thought he was the one or she was the one. Or maybe there's a friendship that's gone astray. Or maybe you hoped by the end of 2023 there'd be that girl or that guy in your life. Maybe there's a fracture in your family. Maybe there's someone who you haven't seen for a long time because of some brokenness and some pain. Maybe the future's uncertain. Um, maybe there's illness. Somebody that you know and you love is struggling with something even life-threatening. Uh, maybe there's a, a, something that that holds you captive. Maybe it's a habit or a sin or uh, a fear, and, and you were just hoping by this stage in your life you'd, you'd not be struggling with the same thing. Maybe it's even uh, related to this time of the year. On a lighter note, if you came to our home, not only would you see our 100 CD disc player, but you would notice that we have more Christmas lights than the average family, <laughs> outside and inside, the electric kind and candles. And um, we are known in our neighborhood for our Christmas lights. And some of that is because we like it. And some of that is because this time of the year, a lot of our family, our Bert and my family, don't necessarily do well when the daylight's getting shorter and you have those gray uh, gloomy days and you, sometimes you feel like you're not going to see the sunshine for a week and it really does affect our mood and our and, uh, our and even our ability to just function at daily tasks so what, what, what about this year 
maybe it's something else for you where though you're singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year and it is fun. It's fun in a family sense and it's joyous in, in our Christian faith to realize this is where something pretty amazing was getting started. This baby was coming and he had some years ahead of him to teach and to do some amazing things and then live that life and then die that death and that raise it, rise again in, in, in glory. This is the beginning of that. So yes, there's amazing things about this season. And yet we often carry with that a weight and a burden. So it's my most, most favorite word of the Christmas season is that word Emmanuel, that God is with us, that by his very name, the reminder is that God's with us. Last week we sang, my, my, while we're on my favorites, we sang my favorite hymn that's such a prayer, O come, O come, Emmanuel, ransom captive Israel. And on it goes, come. We, we, we cry out not for just that original coming of Jesus, but that he would come and we would know that he is with us today and tomorrow and here and now. Come, Emmanuel. So, to the Bible. This word Emmanuel, it's only actually in the Bible just a couple of times. And one was the prophet Isaiah speaking into the future hundreds of years in advance. And he's talking into a, a messy, difficult situation for the nation of Israel and, and speaking to things going on in different nations around that time. And in the midst of it, he says this, Isaiah 7, 14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then later, later, Matthew is writing one of the gospels, the, the story of the life of Jesus. And he started at the beginning and he, and he lays out the genealogy. This is where Jesus came from. And he starts, he goes through all of the, the generations, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the way down to Jesus. And he's talking about the dreams that Joseph had. Where, yeah, if you know the story, Joseph married, the virgin is pregnant and Joseph finds out and he's going to, you know, put a lot of distance between him and her because he knows that's not his child. In the midst of this, as Matthew is writing and explaining what went on at the time of the birth of Christ, he turns back to the prophet Isaiah and he says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. So we read every Sunday when we do our, our Advent liturgy. We read this. Advent also symbolizes the spiritual journey of believers. As we affirm that Christ has come in that first Christmas that we celebrate, that he is present with us today in this world, and that he will come again in power so hope, because of what we have seen, because of what Matthew wrote, this is it. This is what the prophet was talking about, that we can have that confidence that he's present in the world today, and that one day he will come and right all the wrongs. So, have you ever been water skiing? 
I haven't no water skied for like a super long time. Like I was a teenager and I was not good at it. Not at all. Um, I held on for dear life and I thought surely we were going a hundred kilometers an hour and that my arms were going to tear out of their sockets and I would hold on until my shoulders ached and my arms burned and then I'd wipe out. I was not a good water skier. But you know this truth, Emmanuel, that God is with us, it, when I think of that, I think of holding on to that water ski handle bar where I'm holding on for dear life to something holding on for all it's worth. And sometimes in the darkness of the season that's supposed to be a season of joy, sometimes we just got to hold on to Emmanuel, the God who's with us, to, Lord, I want to believe and help my unbelief and, and, and help me in these dark times to see the light on the horizon, to see, to have that confidence that even when I can't see you, you are God with us. And God with me. So, next week, we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Jacob's going to lead us in a carol service. And um, and uh, he even said last Sunday, I'm doing this one for you because he knows I love it. And there's one line in Hark the Herald Angels Sing that probably since I was a kid and didn't even know what it meant, it still makes me cry. We used to sing before, we, I understand why the language in it has changed to be more gender inclusive. Right now we sing, please with us in flesh to dwell. When it was written, and I think there's a little bit of power here we don't want to lose. It was written, pleased as man or mankind with man to dwell. And I think that captures something of the heart of God, that he was pleased to take on human flesh and come and dwell among us and live that life we should have lived, that we can't live, that I still can't live that perfect life, and die in our place and rise again in glory, that he was pleased to come and dwell with us. And that has not changed. And in those moments when maybe some of the sorrow of the season or the darkness of this time can come and try to um, grab your mind and your heart. And it does, right? Uh, we can remember, hold on, like that tow rope on the ski boat, that he was pleased then to come and dwell with us, and he's pleased to be with us today. The next line, pleased is man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. So i got a couple of things I want to hold on to this Christmas. And the first one is I want to be holding on to hope. The, the Bible talks in Psalms about weeping lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it's kind of that picture. Darkness to me is kind of that picture of that weeping lasting for a night, joy coming in the morning. In the dark days of winter, uh, and when the darkness is extended by a couple of hours, I know that light will come. Uh, we count down in our house till December 21st, because after that, the daylight starts getting longer. Okay, you may not notice, but we know what's happening. We might even look on our weather app on the phone. That um, there may be those dark times, but the promise of Emmanuel is weeping may come for the night. Sadness may be there, but there's a joy coming in the morning. The prophet Isaiah, speaking of the coming Messiah, said this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. 
holding on to that hope that even in the moments when life feels dark, there is light. Isn't that what the seasons teach us? Isn't that what morning and evening and daylight and laying your head down at night when you wake up and there's light? It teaches us that life has its seasons. And though we may sometimes feel gripped by that darkness, there is a light, and that light's name is Jesus. And he said it about himself. He said, and John, it's recorded that Jesus spoke to them saying, I, I, it's me guys, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Uh, Augustine said this, we often, about every, I don't know how many, maybe twice, every two months, we probably pray this prayer in our early church prayer, but here's a little piece of the prayer of Augustine that we pray. God of our life, there are days when the burdens we carry chafe our shoulders and weigh us down. When the road seems dreary and endless, the sky's gray and threatening, when our lives have no music in them, and our hearts are lonely, and our souls have lost their courage. Holding on to hope. Holding on to hope that darkness and light remind us of. The next one is hold on to good cheer. You know, there's a lot of old Christmas songs that talk about good cheer. Well, my favorite good cheer verse is actually from the King James Version of the Bible, translated, I don't know, 500 years ago into English. But I like this verse in King James. Here it is in NIV. It says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. But the King James says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. You know, good cheer doesn't just come from the Christmas party with your work friends or the, uh, the, you know, the lights you put up or the decorations in the mall or the fancy Christmas tree now at Eaton Center. Um, true cheer in our heart comes from that knowledge that he's overcome, that in the midst of troubles and tribulation, we can be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. Finally, holding on to the promise of peace. And this was the very thing the angels said. I think we've heard this already this, this month. Um, but the angels, speaking to the shepherds about the fact that this baby was born, they said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Remember that other Christmas carol that said that he was pleased to dwell with us. You know, there's a peace for those on whom his favor rests. Oh, you might have to hold on to Emmanuel to even get a little bit of that peace sometimes. And then other times, you're just, you, you feel the flooding of his peace. But there is a peace for those on whom his favor rests. Once again, turning back to Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, speaking, I think, 400 years into the future, he said, for to us a child is born. To us, a son is given. And he's talking about Jesus. He says the, cover, the, govern, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Finally, 
I've been thinking in my own journey and struggle between that light and that darkness, between that hope and yet sometimes the sadness that Christmas might be bringing up in my heart, uh, far away from loved ones, all those different things. I've been thinking about how can I be, how can I bring the presence of, how can I bring Emmanuel to others? What can I do right now when I know that there's joy and sadness in this season? How can I be a little bit of that presence of God to somebody else? This past week, two days apart, I had two conversations with two people I considered dear friends who have family members who, in the beginning of January, are heading into life and death kind of surgery. And I care deeply about these people who were talking to me. And, and, and I've been thinking all this week, how can I be Emmanuel to them? Well, I'm not Emmanuel. I'm not their savior. But you know what I mean. How can I bring a little bit to somebody I know is suffering this, this Christmas season? My one friend said to me, it is going to be such a hard Christmas for my family. And uh, he's not, not a believer in Jesus, and I, I just said to him, you know, Bert and I will be praying for you. Well, that's one step, but I'm thinking, what else can I do for him to, to show him a little bit of uh, of, of Christmas hope? Um, I, the, the other friend, I, I, got a, I, I know exactly what I'm going to do for this family. I, I know exactly what I'm going to do this week. Oh, it's not going to solve all their problems, but it's going to be a little demonstration of the fact that somebody who loves Jesus cares about me. So how this Christmas season can I bring that sense of Emmanuel to others? Because I need it. I need to hold on. I need to hold on to the joy and the goodness in the midst of maybe darkness. But I, it's not just for me. I need to I need to just trust that I can bring some of that presence and love of God to others. Here's a quote from a uh, preacher from the 1800s as I begin to close. Like the oil on the wheels of some large engine, sympathy may seem to be a trifling and an unimportant thing, yet in reality it has an immense influence on the comfort and well-working of the whole fabric of society. A kind word of encouragement or consolation is seldom forgotten. A heart that is chilled by affliction is particularly susceptible, and sympathy to such a heart is often more precious than gold. Maybe there's something that you're supposed to say to bring words of comfort to somebody this Christmas season. Hold on to Emmanuel, God with us, and then bring that spirit of Emmanuel to others. My final quote here is from St. Nicholas himself. And he said, the giver of every good and perfect gift has called on us to mimic his giving by grace through faith. And this is not of ourselves. Let's pray. Jesus, we are grateful and will be forever that you are pleased. You were pleased to come that you were pleased to come and dwell in flesh with mankind, and you were pleased to be with us, 
here today, 2023, Canada, Toronto. You're pleased to be with us. Father, in this Christmas season, give us just a reminder, a taste. Give us some things to hold on to that give us hope, um, the hope that you've brought, the peace that you've brought, the light that you've brought into this world. And as you bring that comfort and strength to us, may we be those who can reach out to others, those who do and don't know you, to bring the love of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.